Hello and welcome to The Healthy You Podcast. This is your host, Stevie Moon. You may know me from TikTok or Instagram as The Health Creator, but here today I am your host to guide you to heal thy you. In today's episode, we're going to do a little flow. We're going to be talking about intentions. We're going to be talking about moving through waves, through valleys, and the rising that is quickening. I'm so excited that you've tuned in. And without further ado, let's get started. I'm so grateful that we are back to recording podcasts. I feel like this is the place where I can provide the most value. And I find that through tuning into my own intuition through tuning into where I can flow the most. Now, I mentioned that we're going to be talking about flow today, and why is because I think that right now, as we are moving through incredible times, honestly, in my personal life, I have been moving through waves of really intense emotions, lots of distress, actually, And I've had to use my distress tolerance skills, Um, but physical, emotional, mental stress that seems almost out of place, almost like flashback to 2012, Stevie. And that's very interesting. I wonder if you're picking up on things from the past as well that are coming up once again. Why this is happening is not because you're regressing or you're needing to start over or anything like that, but because there is a deepening within inside of you. And as you go down deeper, there are wounds, there are things that haven't come up and now they're coming up. For me, I have been noticing a lot of things that have been coming up have had to do incredibly with the same wounds that I have been working on for a while, which uh, abundance and money and specifically money and men and as a, as a woman, like what it means to make money, what it means to uh, have someone provide for you. That's something that where I grew up in Utah, there was a lot of interesting dynamics there. And it's not just in Utah. It was specifically with my family. I know that there was some intergenerational trauma around money and um, specifically the roles that we as (laughs) different human beings have. Um, But in my family, my mom was a spender and my dad was, you know, much more frugal. And so it's interesting that I have had that same dynamic in in my own life. Now, I don't prefer or choose to be a a, a spender who spends unconsciously. I don't agree to that. But in the past, I had. We don't agree to things just like if I say, okay, is this how you want to live? And you're like, no, but your actions are saying yes. That's what I mean. I was agreeing to things because I was unconscious about them. And so that's why these things are coming up again, because there were 
even deeper unconscious patterns and behaviors and loops that I was replaying with that. Another thing that I have been moving through, and I bring, I bring these things up because I want you to see that there's always deepening within yourself. And maybe you're going to hear something that you're like, Ooh, that that's that there is me. (laughs) Um, another thing is kindness and compassion with my partner, especially when either I am right, or, uh, I know that they have made a mistake or I see that they're being vulnerable, um, and not allowing my ego to just react but to instead step into a place of love and kindness and compassion because that's who I truly am. But in the past, (laughs) I have had righteousness issues where I knew that if I was right, I was loved. And so I would do anything to be right. (laughs) And that sounds pretty aggressive And it wasn't really aggressive, but I've noticed it now more than ever. It's becoming so obvious to me where it will just be these little tiny daggers, these little tiny things that I'll throw at my partner, John. Um, I'll give you an example, (laughs) being very vulnerable here, uh, because it's not so, it's not so easy to show the ugly parts of yourself. But we are here to heal all of ourselves, and that means integrating and healing and seeing and recognizing the different parts of us. So hopefully by me showing you some of the things that I am moving through and working on, you'll be able to recognize that it's okay to admit that you're not perfect. You're not meant to be perfect. You're meant to heal, and you're usually going to be healing things that are intergenerational. And I know that I see this within my family line, so... Um, so the setting is my bedroom and John comes in and he's like, oh my gosh, uh, there's something in the, the dryer. There's wool sweaters in the dryer. I'm like, one, I don't owe, own a wool sweater, so I don't know what he's talking about. And, um, and I felt the need. I went out and I looked at the sweaters and I put them on the right drying setting and I came back in and I felt the need to say, um, how could you think that that was a wool sweater? I, if it was a wool sweater, it wouldn't be in the dryer. It would have already shrunk and it would have already shrunk. It would have already been ruined. And it was only until like 20 minutes later where I sat there and I was like, Ooh, like, why did I jab? It was, he wasn't attacking me. He wasn't, there was nothing, but there was just this like one, two punch of like, I'm right. You're wrong. I'm smart. You're dumb. I'm funny. You're not. That's like a saying that my mom used to say. And, um, for some reason I really punched. Well, here's the issue here. One, that wasn't very nice. Uh, and it's not like we're out here to be nice, but my partner's love language is words of affirmation. So my, my love language is touch and uh, words of affirmation uh, is, is, is second or quality time is second and then words of affirmation. But words of affirmation, if your love language is words of affirmation, when people say things that, you know, are criticisms or um, aren't very kind, like it really 
uh, erodes at your sense of them loving you. And so that's one of the things that I've been moving through. John read the love language book. I've been working on being a better partner, more loving, um, and as his, as has he, because there have been different aspects in our relationship where essentially we're loving very well the way that we want to be loved, but not loving the other person in the way that they would perceive them being loved. So with John here, every time that I throw these little needles that are so unnecessary, so unkind, and they come from righteousness, me trying to prove that I'm right and I'm big and I'm important, (laughs) um, he feels small. He feels unloved, unseen. Maybe like once it doesn't affect him, but as this pattern comes out, I realize that I've been doing it unconsciously. I mean, I did this this morning and I didn't even realize it until 20 minutes later. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, this is something that I've been talking to my mom a lot about is when we as a, a partner, we want something from our partner, we have to first ask ourselves, am I actually being that? And that's something that has proven to me time and time again, that sometimes I am not being the partner that I would actually like. And so one of my goals and one of the dreams that I'm realizing is to have the most magical, magnetic uh, partnership with my, my husband, John. And that means that all of my wounding and all of his wounding are going to come up and you can just (laughs) imagine that that has had some fiery energy that has come up. It's been super intense at times. And then at other times, it's just been so beautiful. There's been connection, just these moments where we're with our kids and it's like a scene from a movie. And then other times where it's like, I want to leap off the couch and and like primal. (laughs) So these are some of the things that I've been moving through um, that I think are super interesting because I noticed that the people that I'm talking to, there's a lot of interpersonal stuff coming up, specifically in our partnerships and our relationships. Sometimes it's friendships, but I'm seeing it really within um, the people that I know and their partnerships, um, their longer term significant relationships. So we know that we cannot leap into the other person's body and, you know, transform for them or help them. What we can do is focus on how we're showing up. And what's so interesting is the less that we focus on how they're showing up, we actually start to see how they are showing up. Like John is trying and he is really moving through things and I can see it. It isn't, he's not doing it super like gracefully, like an ice skater. It's clunky and it's awkward and he knows that. And so what he absolutely doesn't need for me to do is for me to um, pop on (laughs) and just like throw little needles at him and throw emotional poison, my emotional poison at him. So that's something that, I have been really focusing on 
is how am I unconsciously attacking? Because that's something that I learned to do. Uh, I'm a, a dog in the uh, Chinese astrology. Um, and so like a wounded dog, that is how I've behaved. Very, you know, prove myself that I, I'm like this little tiny dog. I'm like my dog, Dean. He's small. He's white. He's had trauma in the past. We're, we're, we're healing. But, you know, sometimes he, uh, he'll pee where he doesn't need to. And that's like me. I'm like, I'm important and this is mine. And, um, and that's interesting because it very much is something that lives in the body. It's very animalistic. And so as we are evolving and we're becoming more and more conscious and we're healing, looking into the parts of us that we don't, one, we are not aware that we're doing things to other people that are harmful because I actually believe that when we become conscious of that, we begin to shift. Not immediately, because this is something I've been like enlightened to that I've been doing in the past like two, three months. And look, I, I did it this morning, so it's not it's not immediate. Um, but I would say that I'm getting better and you becoming aware is enough for you to like recognize that you are growing and you're healing. I think sometimes when we become aware and it's just this huge mountain uh, and we're like, how am I going to ever get better? Um, how am I ever going to move on past this? I've, I just became aware that I've been a really shitty partner <laughs> for who knows how long, how many relationships I've been doing this for. Well, you can get overwhelmed by that. And it's okay to sit with that and just feel the bigness. And then I want you to just, again, feel the bigness and realize, wow, I just became aware of this. I am so proud of myself for seeing something so huge that was living deep down within me. We are so beautiful. And that beauty has thorns. And so if we don't want to hurt and inflict emotional pain or psychological or energetic pain on other people, we have to become aware of where our thorns are. So that is uh, some of the big work that I've been doing. Um, And let me kind of go through a couple of things that I have been really, really helpful for me. One, love languages. With everyone that you talk to, like even weekly, I would challenge you to send them the love language quiz. I think Jerry Chapman has it on his website um, and get to know what their love language is. You know, um, the only person I haven't sent this to is, uh, I think I've sent it to, uh, I haven't gotten the results back from like my best friend. So I need to get on her (laughs) because it's important for me to know how I can best give love to you in a way that you perceive as love. So let me give you an example. For John, one of John's love languages is his number one is words of affirmation and his number two, and it's like very close percentage, is um, acts of service. And like, Acts of service is not high on my list. So in the past, he used to like be like, hey, look, I did the dishes. And I'm like, 
okay, you know, you did the dishes. Uh, but for him, he was showing love because that's how he perceives love and value and contributing and being a good partner. And so now, um, because we took the quizzes and I would change it, challenge you, even if you took the quiz a while ago to take it again. Okay. Cause you change and you grow and so does your partner and so do the people that you love. So keep on top of this and then make daily concerted efforts to, for, for like in my case with my, with my husband, quality time, um, not quality time, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's me, <laughs> uh, to, I do acts of service for John and I do words of affirmation. Now, here's what's very interesting. In the past, our biggest arguments have been when I have um, and when he has uh, gone against one of our love languages. Our biggest tension points have been when we've gone against the other person's love language. Isn't that interesting? So for me, it's it's like one of the things that just drives him and like really triggers him. And it's for sure stuff that has happened in the past. It's like probably from his parents somehow. Um, but is when I say that I'm going to do like the laundry or I say I'm going to help with something in the house and do an act of service, but then I don't. Um, and that really upsets him. Like it really triggers him. And so, and another thing that really uh, upsets him obviously is when I throw emotional (laughs) daggers of words at him, um, obviously. And I will notice two different reactions from him. One, he'll shrink from the words and two, he will, uh, for, for the acts of service, there will be a different reaction, which will be an explosion, which tells me that, that that's two different. It didn't start with you moments, one from his mom, one from his dad, probably. Um, so he's healing and working through that. For me, I had it in the past and I've opened up about this, um, and I'll probably make an episode about this, which is that I've had sexual abuse and sexual trauma. And when I gave birth to my daughter, Ray, um, a lot of that came up again. And so there were moments where I abandoned my body. I disassociated during, um, our intimacy and that was actually so corrosive and erosive at not only the way that I love myself, but at our relationship. And so I would ask you, especially with the people that you're in an intimate relationship with, find out their love languages and then start to go in through and say like, okay, well, my gripes, my biggest gripes and see if they actually go against your love languages and then get really curious. How have I gone against their love languages and eroded And then you start to rebuild. And that's just the key. Rebuild. Now, some people, I think, would get, um, would look at some of the things that I do for my partner and maybe think, oh, you're kind of like being domestic in a way that may not be super mm, progressive. Um, But one, I do things for around the house, um, like domestic, uh, chores and different things. And I do them with a couple intentions. I do them to, as a spiritual practice, it really, really grounds me. Um, also helps me kind of reclaim my mind because a lot of my work is on the computer and the phone and the screens. So I find myself like in this different 
world. And then I have to come back and I'm like, oh, what's going on? So when I do like chores around the house, it's actually a really good service to myself. But it's also a huge service to John because the acts of service, it just like he notices in a way that's not just like, oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Like it really communicates. I am supported. I am supported. And for him, when he can walk out and feel supported at the end of the day, um, I, I just, I notice such a different quality in how he shows up for the other things in his life, which is like as partners, it's not like my job to make him a whole person, but it is my job that if I can support him in any way possible that I do. So, um, and it's interesting, but as I give, he gives equally too. The balances can obviously become like uneven. Um, and that's of course an, an, an issue that if you're in that place, you may want to, uh, talk to your partner. But if you send them the quiz and then they're like, okay, well, what are your results? They're going to start to have the wheels spinning too. You know, you don't have to hand hold, hold them through this. I didn't even tell John to read the five language book. He just had checked it out from the library. And so as you heal and as you're working on yourself, your partner will, they will. It's not going to be on your timetable. It may not be in the order that you want it to be. But just be grateful for yourself showing up and for themselves showing up because you don't know their path to healing. I promise, like, as I watched John heal, I didn't know that he had so much stuff uh, about certain things. It's almost like I'm getting to know the deeper aspects of my husband as his wounds come up. And that's super interesting. Now, everyone in your life you can do this for so that you can love your best friend better you know, so that you, one of the things that I would, I would guess my best friend, one of her love languages is gifts, just because I know that that's something for her. And so for me, like one of the ways that I could really give and show her love would be to like send her like a, a words of affirmation letter with like a little gift, like nothing too crazy, you know? Um, but just to let her know I love her, I see her, I hear her. Now, when you're focusing on these, all these, all these connections in your life, that means, yes, you're going to be spending a lot less time on the phone. You're going to be spending less time um, doing, honestly, the fake connection thing. And that's going to fill you up. It's going to fill you up so good. I promise. The more and more that I focus on making real connections with real human beings that I can see into their eyes, I, I feel purpose. That brings up something that I'm just, as I'm, like, as I said, I'm flowing. Something that I had a pattern of that has been really resurfacing for me was friendship. In my past, I, um have had like my longtime close childhood friend, you know, our relationship just kind of parted. Um, and then another, my, my high school best friend basically said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like don't contact me because when I was 18, 
I went through some really scary times where I was so dysregulated emotionally, physically, mentally, um, that it was really dangerous and scary. And so honestly, I'm glad she made that boundary, but I had a story in my head that either I left my friends or they left me. And so that kind of kept repeating for a little bit. Um, and so now I, ha- I noticed that I'm, I live in Austin now. I've been here for just over a year and I have basically like some really incredible neighbors and they definitely want to be my friends. And for some reason, I just have realized that I have subconsciously blocked the friendship. My neighbor invited me to a sound bath and I just didn't even respond to the message. My other neighbor and like my neighbor over here, they're like old, (laughs) older, you know, like 75, 70. And I get along really well with people who are older than me. My parents are older. You know, I guess I'm an old soul. Um, And they've invited me to stuff as well. And I subconsciously blocked that too. And it, it all came up to me for me to see this when John and I are talking and we had one of those explosive fiery moments um, where I'm like telling him, you need to get some friends. I can't be your only person to talk to. And then I realize I am that same way. And that I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm the kettle calling the, the pot black uh, in that situation because I have also disconnected myself in real life. So that's one of the things that I'm really becoming aware of. So for my friend uh, over here, I'm going to be um, finding like a, a sound bath or a meditation kind of thing that I can invite her to and really pushing myself there because there is something in my body that is keeping me, it's my ego keeping me from getting hurt again. Like if I love somebody and I love her so quickly and so fast, that's the thing about me. Like, I don't know how to do casual friendships. You're either like you're in and we're so close and, and like, you're so important to me or like, I just, I just do very intense, um, connection. And I used to think that that was a weakness, you know, that that was bad because um, the world didn't seem like people didn't really seem like that's what they wanted. And now I realize that no deeper connection is really what what we're made for as human beings. We are made to have these deep com- connections in real life. So as we move through different lessons and things come up and we become aware of things that subconsciously have been happening things that like are moving and going through in our life but we had no awareness of um this is progress this is healing this is what it looks like and as i mentioned with my partner it's easier to see when someone else is moving through something and you're like oh that's not very you're it's pretty awkward you know but then having the grace and say hey, but they're showing up for it. Can you do that for you? 
can you move through things and have stuff come up and have it sometimes not go smoothly? And it's not necessarily that it, it's it's not supposed to be a smooth, you know, elegant process in the ways that we've been trained. It's like a symphony. And there's stuff going on over. And when you put all the notes together, it's beautiful. We're now joined by my son, Jack, <laughs> who is playing with his toy. So that's what you're hearing in the background. A little crinkle, crinkle teether. Um... So I'm not going to extend this episode too much longer. I'm just going to end with a couple tools that I think will be really helpful. If you've recognized yourself in any of this, you're moving through a lot. Even if our situations are like so, so different. So the best thing that you can do for yourself right now is to support yourself as you and the people that you love and our world shifts and changes. (laughs) And it's not going to be perfect. And there's going to be sounds in the background. And there's going to be, it's going to be messy. During the mess, how are you bringing moments of peace? How are you grounding yourself? How are you setting yourself up to bring all of your energy, all the pieces of yourself that you've ever given away, home? That's going to be so so important at this time because you're rising stuff like a sail rising stuff through you you need to have your anchor and you are the anchor and you're going to provide that that foundation for yourself that is self-love and that self-care especially at this time so what does that look like for me i have found my grounding practice to be something that i needed to do anyway which uh is home stuff when I whenever I work on my home whether that be like chores or whether that be uh, like painting and doing projects this is very grounding work for me and so because uh, doing housework and stuff is part of uh, the ways that like I love to contribute to the family because I'm the best at it (laughs) Uh, and I like things done a certain way I used to have kind of this energy of like, I have to do these things, you know, and kind of resentful too. And now I use it, I've turned it into my grounding practice and I listen to podcasts or audiobooks or content that really fills me up while also doing very grounded work. Mm. Your home, your space, your apartment, your room, these are things that are physical manifestations of your inner world. I am literally going through the places in my house right now that I have like avoided and like allowed things to just accumulate. And as I do, not only is it so therapeutic, but I literally feel more grounded and also simultaneously lighter. I feel grounded and less dense. So that's a a practice that it, it, I would say it's going to work for everyone if you approach it with that intention. But if you're like, I'm just like going to clean my room because Stevie told me to, it's still going to make you feel better. I promise. (laughs) But there's going to be things that you find that really ground you. Like for my mom, she really, she's a, a gardener. She has like 
an incredible like secret garden garden and uh so obviously very grounding for her to do that another thing that's grounding for me is uh running because each footprint really grounds me each time i hit the ground it really grounds me um and so it's super powerful and in in like charging up for my body but also it's very grounding for like my dad uh he's like a uh, he's an ex-rancher so he really loves to do things and projects so you're kind of getting a vibe it's like this grounded building vibe um now i am uh the kind of person i think let me just i actually think that all of us are earth signs nah my mom's a uh, I don't, I don't know. Okay. That was a weird little, I just went somewhere. Um, but you're going to have to find what, what's going to be grounding for you. Um, that is specific to you. Projects may not do it. Gardening may not do it. Cleaning your house may not do it, but it's probably going to be something really simple and don't overthink it too much. Now, if you want to start somewhere, go outside, put your feet on the ground, take some breaths. You're going to notice that you're going to have like all these thoughts and it may feel like super intense. Just keep breathing and almost breathe out of your feet. Say thank you. The earth is magnetic. You are magnetic and allow, it's like a grounding plug for your wall you're letting the earth ground you. Anything that you're doing physically here that's like not on the computer world, that's not um, necessarily for like work, even though that could be like you're on the ground doing that. Usually that's very exhaustive when I was like a waitress. That work could be considered very like grounded work, but it was very depletive so these are things that are grounded and building, but also, um, non-depletive, which I know maybe like cleaning your house, like takes it out of you. Try to do it while you do something called a temptation bundle. Anything that you're doing, if it's something that you're, uh, wanting to do, build a habit, whatever that may be for you. Temptation bundling is a little, <laughs> a little bonus tip, um, so for cleaning, I would put on a podcast. It's something that you may not want to do, but you're pairing it with something that you do want to do it. And I find that it's extra powerful if you're adding more of your senses. So like for Ray, uh, she's been not wanting to eat spinach or avocado for like a while. And so I have to get a little clever. So I've been making her mac and cheese and in the sauce, I immersion blend, um, spinach and avocado into her little Annie's sauce, you know, and it's actually incredible. It's really, it's really good. Um, but I tell her it's spooky sauce. Um, and I make it really fun. And so I pair the fun and the excitement and then like, I make it kind of a party. And so I like put on some of her favorite music and we dance. And so we're pairing a lot of things with something so that it's all all of this, you know, 
stuff is so that she starts to have a positive association with spinach and avocado and the color green. And that's essentially what we're going to do for you. We're reparenting you. Um, not we, you are. <laughs> I'm here and I'm just here to walk alongside you and reparent myself and say, hey, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. You you are moving through high highs and very incredibly challenging valleys. But these are challenges that you came here for. The fact that you are becoming aware of these growth points for yourself is incredible. They were unseen before. And now you see it. You are doing it. You're doing the work. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much for flowing with me today. I'm excited to bring you more content to heal that you. Until next time, be curious and stay conscious. Surrounded, can't stop for a second to breathe. My far.